Hi, fag. How are you? I'm faggity. How are you? You're looking so faggity. I feel like right a now, fucking faggot, Tom. How do you feel? Mexican pink shirt. Are you calling? No, I don't know. <laughs> Thomas. Elliot. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm good. It's been a week since our live show. Welcome to episode fifty. Welcome to the final one of season two of Do You Queer What I Quit Ear. Er. <laughs> that's Elliot, and that's Tom. And thank you for listening to Dickwick. Really Please, if you haven't it. already, you should subscribe to us. Rate us. I, it mean it, these things mean things. I know you hear us and you're exhausted by us. Yeah. But like I'm exhausted by us too. All the more reason to warn people that we're exhausting. <laughs> yeah. So write a review below if you if you so care. Um, let's jump into it uh, because why not? Mm-hmm. This is our live finale episode. Mm-hmm. Thank Season you, Glad 50. Day, to hosting it again. Um, thanks to everyone who was there. Uh, like you just can't enough. Um, we had a packed house and everyone was so engaging and thoughtful and they were um thanks to the staff because they fucking killed it yeah they killed it yeah tom i don't want it to be over i know it's (laughs) over it's over don't worry we're coming back season three is coming thanks for bringing that up so just to address it in the meantime we're gonna ask all of our listeners to do all the things we just said but also to send us emails and to reach out and just to keep an eye on our social media pages because we're going to be building some projects over the break so dickwick is not gone we're just like resting just like in hibernation mode because elliot's such a bear i'm just such a bear i need blueberries (laughs) and naps and also sex (laughs) so (laughs) listen tom you have some business yeah yeah so uh, just quickly before uh we um pal drive into this live episode there's a few other people that we wanted to thank other than glad day bookshop one of whom is of course Vic Vic who did all of our amazing graphic design yeah and is still doing it like hint, still hint. doing it and um, uh, we're so thankful for her she is literally the nicest person in the world yeah so nice that I want to like stab myself in the eye like you've never met someone uncorruptible right because yeah. I'm like oh wow I'm I'm Satan yeah absolutely yeah. Um, so Vic thank you thank You're you amazing. and she's so talented <laughs> yeah like, it's, it's yeah. so true but whatever uh, also uh, Michaela Mm-hmm. Who sings our outro every week? Every single uh, it's week. It's a beautiful song. How did you even? I wasn't around for that. But. Um, it, she's a close friend, and she took off tree planting, and we had just a drunken night before, and I was like, she brought her guitar to sing, and I was like, hey, can you record That's this so for cute. us? Um, and I don't even know if she remembers that she did it. Like, quite frankly, we don't talk about it. That's adorbs. Well, um, thank you, Michaela. Thank anyway. you, Michaela Weller. You're amazing, and I love you. I love that you were like, hey, I have, I'm recording an outro tonight. You just texted me that, and I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Plug it right in. Yeah, we never really addressed that. Um, how did you think the live show live show went just in like five words or less? Don't know how to explain the sensation. I <laughs> loved being there. It was fantastic. Yeah. And I found it so hard to listen back to. This was, was a like, hard one to edit. The hardest one we've ever had to edit. Yeah, which is but Not because strange. there was a lot to edit, just because like we didn't want to hear it. Yeah, like once was enough. It was so... It exists it was, in its own world. Yeah. And, and I, I'm excited to invite the listeners in to listen to it. But, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. Everyone who couldn't be there. Um. Yeah, I guess that's it. Oh, I had a quick correction about a cat gestation that I never looked up. Yes. But, um, oh, so of course, like, <laughs> thanks, Google told us, uh, what, 57 to... 58 to 67 days. Okay, that's very broad, but that's roughly two months. Yeah, I was so. wrong by... 
but so twice. In real, if Pamela was actually a real being, yeah, she would have given birth already. Probably. Yeah, I'm, or actually, I don't know. Critical of like you saying she's not a being, obviously, because well, she's not like a physical being of the earth. She's like celestial. Yeah. So who even cares when she got pregnant? We don't know. It was immaculate in the first place, and it happened tomorrow probably because time's queer. (laughs) And one more thing, uh, if you don't mind, Elliot, that I can quickly correct is that we Jonathan uh, came up to speak, one of our guests, and we didn't know his episode name and title to refer to Mm -hmm. because it was kind of a a surprise for the moment thing, which I'm very happy about. But that episode is, of course, number 18 called Three Tits to the Moon. Thank you. And I love that title. Yeah. Um, So unless there's anything else that you want to run through. No, just stick around until after Uh, the Stick around after uh, we had a guest, um, Jeffrey, who who wrote a beautiful letter to Pamela, who didn't, instead of uh, reading it on air, he came up and gave his own personal two cents about things that are going on, which I really appreciated. It was really lovely. Uh, But we are going to read his letter um, after... After it was all, it's all said and done. Yeah, yeah. So stick around after the outro um, to catch Jeffrey's amazing fucking letter, or if you saw it on Facebook too, which is yeah. possible. And like, buckle up. Thanks for fifty episodes. Yeah, enjoy. Obviously, you listeners are the whole. Like, I just love you. Yeah, we love you. Enjoy love your hibernation. You. Um, we'll catch you in a few months. <laughs> See you next year. See you next Tuesday year. Bye. Bye. Hi, Tom. Hi, Elliot. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. Um, hi, audience. Audience, hi. Thank you. How are you? Are we recording? We're recording, yeah. Shit. Okay. I was hoping to bury the lead that it's a live show and just pretend like it's a regular podcast, but thanks, thanks, Tom. I really appreciate that. No worries. I wonder if we can get this ambient music turned down. Oh, yeah. Thank that would you. Be great. <laughs> I like your Thank indirect you. passive aggression. That was really good. <laughs> Yeah, quite. Subtle. If you date me, you know, you know. Um, thanks, everyone, for coming. I'm just going to start really quickly with a land acknowledgement. So, listen up. I acknowledge that the land on which we gather in Toronto is in the Dish with One Spoon territory. The Dish with One Spoon is a treaty between the Anishinaabe, Mississaugas, and the Haudenosaunee that bound them to share the territory and protect the land. Subsequent Indigenous nations and peoples, Europeans, and all newcomers have been invited to this treaty in the spirit of peace, friendship, and respect. Thanks for that. Also, I would like to say um, tonight's a big night. It's the end of season two. Uh, It's episode 51, technically, but let's just say it's 50 because we like cute things. Let's say it's 50. Um, I really want to say thank you to the 40 guests that have been on our show. 40? 40, yeah. Um, It's been an amazing year. Oh, my God. Um, Many of them are here with us tonight. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, Thank you to our listeners from 34 countries. Uh, Thank you to Glad Day so much. Thank you guys so much. Um, thank you to everyone who's here tonight. Honestly, it means the world to us. Uh, Undecided Podcast, yeah. two amazing ladies who have a millennial uh, local Toronto podcast. They couldn't be here tonight because they're both ill, but we wish them well and thank you. Facts, Fibs, and Fairy Tales Podcast. Should I be thanking you? I'm not yeah. too sure. We'll figure it out. It's our um, daughter podcast, Matt Sweet over there. And thank you to <laughs> ACT, the AIDS Committee of Toronto, um, for allowing us to interview this amazing guest a few weeks ago. Uh, do we thank Jesse? I don't. Want God to? no. Okay, yeah. No, no. Pretend like he's just not here. Jesse. Yeah. Um, a listener said uh, was messaging me yesterday. He was like, "Who are you seeing these days?" And I was like, "No one, obviously." And he was like, "You should see Jesse." And I was like, "Ew, I have standards." You know what I mean? Like, 
Just You've said some mean gross. things, Tom, but that's pretty mean. Because oh. I, yeah, listen. Sorry. Oh, hey. If you're going to make a standards joke, do you want to pull out your receipts? <sighs> do you think that we should? Listen. Listen. Um, we just want to say, so we're going we're gonna to just run through. This is a podcast recording, so it's yeah. all happening live. Please feel free to get up and get drinks. Don't oh, worry yeah. about making a scene for us. We're just going to pretend like we're in my living room again. Because Are we? that's what we do. Yeah, let's just do it, right? Okay. All right. Also, so tonight, uh, just we know that like outlines aren't very queer, but a little bit of a rundown of how it's going to go. We're going to check in with each other, right? We're just going to like do some cute chatty banter. We're going to get into some heavier stuff. We're going to talk a little bit of gender theory, and then we really want to uh, have our guests come up and talk and just catch up and you know just let us know how they're doing since they came on the podcast. So right, as usual, we want to highlight that this podcast is about our guests. Yes, and we're trash, and yes. our guests are not. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, they like make us seem stupider by being so smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. So that's something to look forward to for tonight. Yeah. Do you want to? So, so we should just start. Like, we should assume that some people in this room and some people that are listening actually have no idea what thank who you. we are and yeah, yeah, what yeah, yeah. we are and what we do, or like what even a podcast is. Yeah. What I still don't know that, but <laughs> clearly. Um. So we're Dickwick. We're do you queer what I queer? Uh, it's a it's a hilarious pun. Do you want to explain why it's funny? No. Jokes are funny when they're explained. Yeah. I've heard. Uh, <laughs> I'm already exhausted. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've been running for about a year, a year and a bit now. Yeah. Uh, we had our first live show here in October of it 2017. Was it was wasn't a kickoff, it? Yeah. yeah. So we're just honoring that tonight. Uh, what we do is we're dedicated to um, being a hub for the community because when we started... I personally myself felt like I wasn't part of a queer community um, and I just, it makes me really emotional and happy to think about all the amazing people I've met and that have come into my life uh, and how much I've personally learned. And like Tom and I started this as stupid faggots um, in in faith of reappropriating that word. We're just the dumbest fags. And so we thought, why don't we uh, learn together and create a space for people who, if you're worried about asking the wrong questions or saying the wrong things, just tune in and listen, and we'll we'll all learn together. I so. always ask the wrong questions and say the wrong things. Yeah, so yeah. thanks, <laughs> thanks for being here tonight. But yeah, okay, yeah, thanks for uh, launching into all that. You're always mm-hmm. so good at keeping me accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, oh, so, uh, let's just start, Elliot. What's your color? What do you? Wh- how are you feeling today? We're live, so I can't edit out me thinking. Um, yeah, my color today, tonight. Uh, it's peach. It's peachy. Oh. Do we have a message? Is there a message coming in? No. You look distracted. Um, oh, I was just waving to people. <laughs> my colors are peach because I feel like round and juicy um, and like a little bit like uh, fuzzy on right. the edges. Do you know what I mean? Kind of like your bottom. Kind of like my your bottom. Your big juicy bottom. Except for that big pimple that I have you on guys, it. You guys, Elliot showed me this pimple last night. It's a pimple. Listeners, Don't I was doing it. air quotes. Um <laughs> It is literally the eye of Jupiter. It is It is not a pimple. It something bit him, maybe a lizard? Am I gay Spider-Man? <laughs> or just Spider-Man? Gay or Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I do love webs, Tom. You know I uh, love webs. Um, uh, what's your semen webbing? And period webbing. What's your color tonight? Um my color is like a muted rose. Mm. Like kind of oh, kind of like um the wall here. Like the ambient light on the wall. I just feel like really excited, but also like fucking nervous because I don't know. We're talking in front of people. And also like, I'm just like feeling the love of like, um, like talking about your ass. Like yep. I'm just thinking about like asses and like nice. what's inside of an ass and like what you happens did... when an ass prolapses and like rosebuds. But like also like 
cute and like mute, like just like cute, discerning. If you think there's rose. anything muted about a prolapsing asshole, do I have to show you that video again? Because I might. Oh, fuck, we need to just tell everyone tonight's for Pamela. Tonight At the end for, of the day, oh, yeah. how, how have we forgotten our Lord and Savior, Shining Pamela, up there? Um, can we get a round of applause for Pamela? <laughs> she hates I attention. love how forced that applause was. That's <laughs> correct. <laughs> that is the right mood. <laughs> Everything done for her is done begrudgingly, I might add. Uh, so she's, she's pregnant. And she is. Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's great, right? She's procreating. She's putting more queer Hell's babies gone. out into the world. Yep. Um, uh, she really wanted to host this gender reveal party. We really didn't want to do it for her because mm-hmm. we're we're against the idea are, yeah. of gender it's a, it's reveal a, parties. Yeah, exactly. It just upholds the binary in a pretty violent way. So, Pamela, we respect you enough to do this for you. Yeah. Uh, but we do have some things we to educate you. We want you to change. You. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Subtly uh, and quickly. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Pamela. Tonight's in your honor. <laughs> Speaking of Pamela... So, wait, let's give a rundown. Again, I feel like people have no idea who the fuck Pamela is, maybe, <laughs> if you don't listen. But So, Pamela was gifted to us uh, on our, on our uh, inaugural show here last year uh, by, by his, uh, her parents are here, Matt and Kathy. They're both here tonight. Thanks for coming. Um, and she's just, like, been a part of our lives ever since because we stole her. Yes. Um, she was accidentally left on this table a year ago and uh, my friend and I just decided she should come home with us. And she's become our mascot. Deity. Deity. Quite possibly. God? Yeah. uh, Goddess? Inflictor of shame though. So yeah, a deity. Yeah, she's a god that I revere. Right. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I sometimes fear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, so yeah, thanks. Um, For Pamela, someone sent in a little special something. Can I play it right now? Oh, yeah, yeah. Good idea. May I have your mic? Oh, yeah. Will Pamela have a boy or girl? Gender is a construct. Come ye tune in for more. I love you guys. I'm so, so sorry that I can't be there. Pamela, I know your kittens are going to be beautiful little hellraisers. Love you, love you, love you, love you. Have an amazing show. <laughs> so that was from Leah Canali. Leah Canali, who's off on some damn cruise some somewhere. Damn cruise. Who does she think she is? Like, she, not a starving artist anymore. She sings our opening every week, so you've heard her voice multiple times yeah. if you've tuned in. Um, <laughs> she refers to herself as patient zero for reasons we'll get into later. Right. Yeah, yeah that's correct. <laughs> yeah, so I'd like to thank her as she's listening right now for that amazing, amazing song for Pamela. So I know that Leah has already pointed out, and so have you, that gender is a construct. But Elliot, can you give us a little window into that theory because I'm a stupid faggot I really don't know much like I was coming in here actually thinking this is a gender reveal party okay I see um so I'll give like a brief brief rundown okay uh, we don't have the most amount of time um think of it like gender theory like 99 like less than 101 okay um we'll start with a few concepts <laughs> sure. just gonna do three yeah. my friends laughed at me when I said I was gonna do quick gender theory but so the first one uh, Judith Butler has this idea of performativity, uh, and it's the theory that, like performance in a sense, everything we do in terms of the clothes we wear, the way we act, our embodiments, uh, 
are, are performed. So gender is performed. So think of like the most masculine man, those were in quotes, you can think of he is performing gender just as much as someone who's non-binary or queer is performing gender. Um, this notion is popularized by RuPaul, like you're all born naked and the rest is drag, mm-hmm. uh, encapsulates that. So if you think of that like a performance, it just denaturalizes the idea that there's a relationship between our bodies and our expressions. Kind of? Yeah, I'm sort of getting it. You're so smart, though. But. No, I can. I'll, 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 okay, I'll slow down. Um, so the next one is Sorry, from I'm joking, I get it. this <laughs> anthropologist. <laughs> no, but it's okay if you don't. Also, it's okay if you don't. I would say read Judith Butler. Uh, she's amazing. Um, thank you, feminism. Was she uh, in How to Get Away with Murder? Yes, you nailed it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> she was every single character in that yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so this anthropologist, Pierre, Bour- Pierre Bourdieu, has a theory of habitus. Uh, and if, again, if you want to think of it like habits, it's kind of an easy touchstone for it. And what habitus is, is the idea that all of our bodies and our actions are learned behaviors, and we all have specific habits that are just become inherent to us. But again, it's about denaturalizing that. So this was taught to me in a, in a lecture, and the way my professor explained it was, if you think of manspreading as a good example, men in their lives are told that it's okay to take up space. In fact, being a good man usually means taking up space, and conversely for women, it's usually you should minimize yourself. So in this lecture, this dude's sitting beside me just fucking like this, and as soon as my professor said that, it clicked in that, that what he's doing, not everyone has the privilege of doing, and he just fucking did this and sat up, and it was amazing, because like it's not about... It's not about getting upset with people who do that. Some people don't understand that their their habitus is is learned behavior or it's something that's not natural and that it's not shared across all bodies, right? With me? Are we okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, last yep. one. Um, okay, so uh, Sarah Ahmed, uh, amazing queer feminist, um, has this two, two notions. One of them is the tracing paper to, to kind of make an analogy for gender. So if you think of... You draw a line on a piece of paper, and you put a tracing paper down, and you draw a line over that line, and you keep doing it. Eventually, the paper disappears because there's just one line. So that is like heteronormative gender expression. Think of it like that. Mm -hmm. We learn it, right? Mm -hmm. Throughout the ages, we're looking at our parents, et cetera, et cetera. Queer people or gender non-binary people, trans people, think of that line as going off, and it becomes so, so apparent to society because it's used to one kind of expression, right? There's nothing natural about that line. It's just that people are following history. In essence, they're following what they've been taught to do. Right. So her whole thing is like, orient yourself to go offline, because going offline is queer, right? Right, right. Final thing. Thank uh-huh, you for uh-huh. staying with me this long. How are we all? How are we all doing? We all okay? Yeah. <laughs> we got the tracing analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Shay, did you? Okay, good. <laughs> we'll talk about later why this is all just liberal ideology, but. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, <So>. cut that. <laughs> Uh, So the final thing is Sarah Ahmed has another notion of uh, the chair, the big comfy chair. So this is the idea that if a chair gets sat in again and again by bodies, it's going to take the shape of that body, right? And so if you think of the bodies that get to take up space in society, in our Western post-colonial society is white, straight men. Uh, So in that chair, if you are someone who does not have that body, it's going to feel uncomfortable and awkward, right? And it's about realizing that for some people, it just doesn't fit right. And this this goes across all all kinds of humanity, all kinds of life. Um, so, like, if you think of somebody who is disabled, wouldn't get to sit in the same chair as someone who was not disabled, right? And so, mm-hmm. this is the idea that we need to just understand that we've naturalized these things, but we need to denaturalize them, in essence. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. It's no, no, about, yes, it's yes, about yes, like it's you, the yes. idea of citationality. We're just citing things that we've seen before us that seem like the norm, and it's about deconstructing that and disrupting that. 
Right. Right, Pamela, are you listening? This is for you. I don't think she's hearing us yet. I don't yet. think she's hearing us yet. We have more time. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll work Hello, people it. who are coming in. How are you? Hi, make yourself comfortable. Get a drink. Get some snacks. Um, is everyone following this? If anyone has a question about any of this or a comment, yeah, please, please at any time, feel free to come up here and snatch the mic. Uh, There'll be time for that also later that we'll invite everyone to come Mostly blank stare, so that's a good yeah. thing. Possibly, I have not done my job properly. Um, okay, so why don't we talk about some news? I, I just wanted to touch on really quickly, it's been a whirlwind since what happened on Saturday. Does everyone know what happened on Saturday at the PC convention? Okay, so it's pretty ugly. Uh, this is all cited from from CBC. Uh, but uh, So Doug Ford's government to consider the removal of gender identity from Ontario's sex ed curriculum happened at the Ontario Progressive Conservative Party convention in Toronto on Saturday. And the Tories agreed to debate a controversial resolution on the province's sex education uh, curriculum at next year's convention. So this was sort of led by Tanya Grinch Allen. Thanks, yeah. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah, the Grinch Allen, Uh yeah. (laughs) Uh, So she was a former Tory leadership candidate. and so her resolution says that Tories should recognize gender identity as a liberal ideology. Can I rem- stop? And, absolutely. Are we allowed to now recognize things as conservative ideologies? Um, like what? Gravity, <laughs> potentially. Uh, illness. Anything that I don't like. Yeah. Aging. I don't believe in that. I think that's a I heard. I ideology. saw a funny meme today that was like, oh, the PCs like... Uh, went to debate on there's only now four elements in the periodic table. The rest, the rest are <laughs> liberal ideology. It's the world we live in. Uh, but anyways, yeah, this trash bag, uh, French <laughs> Allen. So CBC sat down and talked to Jace Carver, um, and she's a trans supporter and a, uh, a trans woman herself. And she said that policies like the one being proposed are dangerous because it could make youth feel afraid that they can't exist in their own school systems, obviously. Uh, so trans Transgender J- Day of Remembrance is tomorrow, if for those people who don't know that. And it's Trans Awareness Week. Uh, and we have a government currently in power that's trying to erase these identities. What is this laughter here? Security? They tried to clap and no one else clapped. Oh, clapped sorry. Oh, you can yeah. clap! Trans, trans <laughs> Awareness Day tomorrow. <sighs> the audience holding us accountable. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> We're hot tonight. Um, um, So basically, anyway, she is now saying that uh, it's calling on all allies, which is all of us, to get loud. We need to get really loud. We need to fight this. We need to not allow this to be the tone of the political party going forward. We need to make sure that our voices are heard. Trans people and allies need to get together and fight this which is obviously fucking true. Mm -hmm. Um, And so hot off the press, just mere hours ago, Doug Ford finally came out. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Just stop there. The podcast is done. Doug Ford is out. Thanks for coming. Have a good night. I'm dating him. No. Oh, Uh, God. (laughs) Someone just said that's unfortunate for him, which... No, you didn't need to repeat that. You didn't need to repeat that. Maybe I did. We're not sure. How dare you, Scotty Matty. Um, and, um, and he just said this, uh, what, 50 hours after it happened? It came from the floor. I'm not moving forward with it, so it's done. Which is good. <laughs> Which is good. That's good, yeah. So, so we like, killed it, yeah. but like, didn't, didn't respond more than that. So yay? Yay, yay. 
Yay. Um, small victories? Small victories. We should obviously still be aware because the fact that this was able to be tabled and discussed and just happened like that is um, is not good. And that means that uh, as accomplices, we need to, to do more work, right? Um, yeah. But fundamentally, yay. Fundamentally, yay. yay On a personal note, I work with a lot of youth who are um, underrepresented and trans and usually deal with uh, mental health issues. And that Venn diagram sort of joins up with each other normally. Is that the right thing to say? Mm-hmm. And um, this is so dangerous. It literally is so dangerous to them. Like they they will read this and, you know, it will be, a, a, you know, it's not too dramatic to say that lives are on the line. Absolutely not. Yeah. When Grinch Allen comes out and says some bullshit like this. Absolutely. So I'm pissed and I hope everyone's pissed too. So I, I now want to go into something controversial, mm-hmm. which is tomorrow there's a flag raising at, I think, City Hall and Queen's Park. I'm going on my phone. Um, we, again, don't have time to cut out us figuring things out, so we're really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the process, everyone. Uh, okay, so this is what happened. This is, this, is what ha- this is a little drama that happened yesterday, so I just want to share it and, like, I don't know, have a think on it. So the... The Toronto Trans Alliance has planned this thing tomorrow to raise the trans flag. Tomorrow is obviously um, Trans Awareness Day. And um, so I shared this on our Dickwood group, and somebody, a uh, very brave person who I, uh, like, I'm very thankful for, messaged us and said, please take down that event. It's violent for us because we have a government that is um, complicit and raising a flag like just this performative. Is, is performative. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything. And so us who are POC, trans people, are actually protesting uh, this event. So we want to go and, and protest, and we hope that you share it too. So that's what I'm throwing out to the group. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the Toronto Trans Alliance has positioned itself as an umbrella group for all trans people in Toronto and is now formally recognized by the city government. The TTA collaborating with Toronto city officials in ways that are insulting and harmful for trans people, exposing themselves as racist and conservative group. We are bringing attention to events occurring on the Transgender Day of Remembrance. Uh, so... Yeah, so the city website confirms the flag raising at 3.30 tomorrow, and the TTA reports that a similar event will occur in Queen's Park at 2 o'clock tomorrow. And so they, this group is going to be there in protest, disrupting their presence, delegitimizing them as representative for the local trans community. Um, and so they are asking for our help. So we need allies to come out and protest. We need actionable forms of support, donations, signing, sending letters of protest, support from unions, student groups, etc. So if you want to attend the protest, please do. We support you in that. Um, that's just something to sort of ruminate on, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Does that make sense, yeah, Elliot? Yeah, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, do you have anything to add on that? No, I, I don't. Thank you. Okay. I would like to say that it's hilarious how scrappy you are. Tom was zoomed into his phone reading fine print as he just shuffled around, and you got through that perfectly. So thank you for that. Thanks, Elliot. <laughs> Maybe take notes, but we're not sure. Um, okay, so I'd like to move. I'd like to move along. I, I'm realizing that maybe what I you don't have said, need to expose me, by the way. Like I don't our know. listeners don't know that the audience does, but our listeners thinks I'm that quick with my words. I don't know how else to be. I honestly <laughs> don't. I'm so sorry at this point. 
uh, I would like to just say, so I think maybe some of the gender theory I had said could potentially be inaccessible and might only work to uh, make people who have gender reveal parties and who uphold a gender binary be more uncomfortable and feel like we're against them. And I just want to say this event is hosted um, ironically for Pamela, but also in in kindness. And we're not here to police anything or to we're shame. Not? We're not. <laughs> news to you today. <laughs> um, or to shame anyone. People. I know I love shaming people too, but it's I, just, a I, I wonder and I yeah. worry. That's different though. Save <laughs> okay. that for another time. Okay, okay. Um, so all I would like to say as an addendum to what I said is that if you are someone who still wants to have a gender reveal party, um, obviously totally Tom just pointed at someone <laughs> like personally disagree but what I would say is just keep in mind that you are dictating uh, your child's self-expression and your child's gender expression so if you still go ahead and do that maybe just like check in with them or raise this child that you've gendered at birth to understand the full spectrum of expression and let them be able to tell you and like maybe radically let's just have gender reveal parties when our kid can fucking tell us what yeah. they what have they a gender reveal gender party is. at age 13 i love that yeah idea. that your kid throws yeah. for itself yeah, right yeah, yeah. um so just yeah just in solidarity f- like for that i'm not coming for anyone necessarily maybe i am pamela i'm looking <laughs> at you but not to just i don't want to like make the divide any bigger you know uh okay does that make sense yep do you see where i'm going yeah yeah, yeah. no 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 it's like be the first time we like disagree I, on I can't something. believe that you're the mo- more reasonable person in this but okay, yeah you've chipped good. away at my hard or my hard core do you have any favorite stupid gender reveal uh, parties that you've seen um I do <laughs> I have I have research one so I hate that you baited me um do you want to go first uh no uh, sure yours might be funnier <laughs> uh yeah I also have some prepared uh I so I fell down a rabbit hole today specifically God, they're fucking stupid. Um, so the one that I watched, it was like a 10-minute video of like a tire burnout with colored colored smoke. I don't even know what a tire burnout is. People are doing donuts in a parking lot and waiting to see what color the smoke is that comes out of their tires. So anyway, yeah, they, they had this whole thing built up and the, the tire burnout was this blue smoke. And, like, the other kids were around, like, in the car. And I was like, I, I hate this. I don't understand. Like, that's, A, so dangerous for a child to be in a car. Are they supposed to, like, symbolically <laughs> be the car or, like, be the tire that you're burning? It doesn't really make sense to me. It I never thought of it like that. Violent. <laughs> um, and then there was a bunch of other, like, fucked up, like, cakes. And um, uh, how about this cake, by the way? Isn't it yeah, nice? Yeah, get a round of applause. <laughs> Jess and Jess, thank Jessie you for the cake. and Jessica made that for us. It's amazing. Uh, oh Jessie yeah, we finally say, did something right. Inside what? the cake has the gender of Pamela's baby. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna we're so gonna find out. We'll reveal it. Yeah, yeah. Liz, later. don't worry. <laughs> um, and but then I saw all these other like fucking cakes and thing. So so let me just read off some of these like catchphrases mm-hmm. from the cakes I saw. Wheels or heels. Ugh, so if you're a woman, if you're a woman, you cannot drive no. or use a wheeled implement at all in your life. Correct. Wheelbarrows you out. No, wheelbarrows. Nothing. You just fucking can't. Unicycles. Nope. Not heels, for you. Heels on a baby. That's what it is. <laughs> um, cupcake or stud muffin. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, that was not even the worst one. Just wait. Uh, there's tractors or tiaras. Those aren't even in the realm of comparison. That's just not funny. Yeah, that's true, right? <laughs> like, what? That one's not even clever. No. Oh, touchdowns or tutus. Uh, no. 
Uh, this is the worst one. Pistols or pearls? What is the implication of that? I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. Oh, we have a question. Sorry, I'm just going to say that again. So we had a... Holy fuck. That's so upsetting. Somebody from the audience just uh, raised their hand and said she went to a uh, gender reveal party that was tacos or hot dogs. I really, so really, dis- really don't What like is that. wrong with you? In some ways. <laughs> Why did you go to that party? <laughs> Straight people, stop it. <laughs> In some ways, though, it's the most honest. Because if you're going to get so hysterical with people's genitalia, just call it what it is, right? A taco? Yeah, right? <laughs> wait, what do you call them? I'm really no, no, taco. Yeah, 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 right, okay. <laughs> um, wait, there's one more you didn't say, and that's rifles or ruffles. Oh. Yeah, so we're not sure about that. Um, has anyone else here been to a gender reveal party? Some oh, hands. Okay. Oh, you Couple have hands. Keegan? Okay, was it ridiculous? Also, I protested about it to my family because I'm like, are we going to celebrate every fucking thing in the milestone of your hetero little marriage? Because <laughs> I am singleton and I would like a fucking party every now and then. Someone throw him a party. I don't want an excuse to have to buy you shit. That's true. You should have a gender reveal party. Like tomorrow. <laughs> That's a really good idea. Um, okay, I think everyone's... Someone throw King in a gender reveal party. <laughs> Pamela. I think everyone's going to like this. Uh, This is the most ridiculous one that I've ever seen. I'm excited. Uh, I already know it. It's so good. So in April of 2017, (laughs) this dude named Dennis Dickey was an off-duty Border Patrol cop, uh, and he wanted to have, like, a literal explosive gender reveal. So he shot a can of Tannerite, which is extremely explosive material, uh, and it exploded. And Wait, it g- shot, shot with what? Shot with a rifle, okay. like a gun. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so symbolism, again, are you uh-huh. murdering a uh-huh. baby? Uh, it burned 47,000 acres <laughs> in Arizona, all the way to Coronado National Park. Yeah, so fucked up, right? It was called the Sawmill Fire. It was $8 million in damage by the end of it. And he has to pay about $250,000 in restitution because of it. And he still won't tell the gender of his baby, which I find fucking hilarious. So come on, everyone. What are you doing? Oh, I love it. I wish we did that for tonight. We should have thought of that. We should have shot a... Wait, what did he shoot at? Tannerite? I don't know what I didn't Google. I should have Googled. I just just copy-pasted. No, no one's sure. Okay. It blew up 47,000 acres of forest, though, so. It's it's a lot, Thomas. It's a lot. Keegan, apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, great. Um, Is there any more business we need to attend Mm -hmm. to? We can't cut anything. That was a lot of business. Um, I just have some papers strewn about. So what I will say... uh, So tonight we really wanted to hear from our previous guests on the podcast, and we reached out to everyone... And we've literally gotten two emails as we sat here talking. Yeah, Like, true. hot off the press. True. Do we want to start hearing from our guests with the emails? Yeah. Um, okay, quickly, I really just want to, like, bug you one more... I'm sorry. Before we get to the guests, I want to bug you one more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done two seasons. We've done 50-some-odd episodes yeah. now. How do you feel? Like, I feel what good. have you learned? Okay. What would you go back and change? And what will we do better in the future? Holy shit, Tom. Sorry. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, it's my I've, teacher brain. Uh, oh, I've learned that sometimes it sounds like I don't have empathy uh, upon listening back. Sounds like. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you just chipped away at my empathy and I have none left. 
Uh, I could get better at emoting with my language. Mm. Uh, I've, I've criticized you for that on air before. I multiple think. times, yeah, thank you. I've learned that uh, I can learn something from everybody, and I do learn something from everybody. Um, and there's something about sitting in a room with a person, and oftentimes we haven't met our guests, and just sitting down for an hour, uh, I feel different after. It's really strange. There's something about being being somewhere physically with somebody that that changes me in an odd way that's nice um yeah i don't know i'm trying to think of stuff i would do differently uh why did we decide to do a weekly podcast with three other jobs that was Um, so stupid yeah it was not a very smart thing but i'm really happy that we did that yeah we can be better at scheduling we should be better at schedule that's time management that's jesse's fault i listened to a podcast uh where a 10 year old child was talking about her fears for the future and she said she was afraid of time management and the kind of adult she would turn into and i just started fucking crying because i never learned that I don't did you know. say a 10-year-old? Yeah, like a literal 10-year-old. Oh, boy. Uh, Tom, what did you learn? Oh, a lot. Um, I feel like I'm still a, a stupid faggot, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like maybe a year ago I was living in a bubble that now has been burst open, and yeah, yeah, so yeah. now I feel like sort of everything is problematic. So, like, it's hard to live my life because I walk down the street and I'm like, oh, well, that's problematic, that's problematic. And Mm -hmm. so I've lost, like, I need to figure out how to do that and still, like, exist as a human being. Totally, yeah. Um, We've, it's also ruined our friendship outside of the podcast. Oh, we don't have one. we can't sit down and talk about normal things. It just doesn't happen. As soon as we sit down, it's some fucking thing that happens somewhere. And Um, what I want, what I want to do better is that uh, we are pushing for diverse voices um, and I think we can get even more diverse with, mm-hmm. with who we're talking to. I think in every situation now in life, we all need to uh, consider who's in our friend group, uh, who's sitting at the table at our job, like mm-hmm. who, who is involved in our lives and um, how can we make that more diverse. Can I or just at Elliot, least think about that? Can I Elliot this really nice sentiment? Of course. Um, diversity is problematic because it implies that whiteness is the norm that we're that we're measuring things against. Um, but I totally understand the sentiment and I really respect you for it. So Cute. thank you so much. I, I love live shows. <laughs> right? <I don't. laughs> so Jesse would edit that out normally. Um, but yeah, it's too late. You all heard it here first, folks. Is that it? Oh yeah, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. I just love being a shadow over your bright, bright life, Tom. It's so fun. Do you want to hear from some of our guests? Yes. Okay, amazing. Let's start with some letters that were written in. Do you want to start with Selena? Oh, the one that just came in right now. Literally the one that, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm a good cold reader, I hope. I hope there's nothing offensive in this letter. (laughs) What can be more offensive? Okay. Oh my God, I forgot to send this and this is happening right now. Pamela, my sweet darling. This is from a Selena Vile, Nikki Nasrella, who's one of our guests. Um, Amazing local hilarious. drag queen. Phenomenal. Um, she started Biography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The last time I saw you, Pamela, you were dressed as your favorite politician of the day, Andrea Horvath. Those were simple times. Back then, I was an unknown baby queen about to embark on a wild journey called Cruise and Tango's Drag Race. Auditions were coming up, and I was terribly nervous. I ended up placing fourth. You inspired me to bring my brand of political action to the competition. I brought to the stage a piece of misogyny and rape culture, took on toxic masculinity, celebrated queer youth, and put out a call to action for today's queers to carry on the legacy of yesterday's heroes 
and keep fighting for our rights because the battle is not yet won. A movement was born called She's So Vile. To be vile is to be loud, proud, and unapologetic in the face of adversity and inequality. Um, I don't care what your little one ends up becoming so long as they are vile. Aww. Love always, Selena. That's very lovely. I love that. I should also say... Selena. If you want to use that hashtag, vile is V-Y-L-E. Right. Like Selena Kyle, right? Like Selena Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. Catwoman. Catwoman? Yes, Catwoman. Catwoman. Um, Okay, I'm going to read a letter from Keith who was uh, a recent guest. Dear Pamela, what can I tell you on this glorious evening of your gender reveal? I plan to join the revelry in person, but I'm stuck on a train with nothing but my Xanax prescription and my as yet unchallenged, unlawful occupation of four-person seating. That's a mood. It is a mood, (laughs) absolutely. My heart is heavy, Pamela. The regressive conservatives have voted to debate whether to explicitly reject the concept of, quote, gender identity. That is, they will debate whether trans people are real. They will discuss whether I am, in fact, a person on my own terms, or if I am a, quote, mentally ill woman, and I should see a doctor to help him reinstate my essential womanhood. I am not joking, Pamela. These are talking points in Doug Ford's party. This entails my right to call myself as I choose, to be protected from discrimination, and to access medical transition. In the meantime, I continue to live. I had a ton of fun at my friend's birthday, lost track of my drinking, vomited, and clogged the toilet with toilet paper in my effort to clean. I am a good person, Pamela. Tell your kid that. (laughs) I have my own gender reveal, though, because I'd love to upstage you. I've hated myself for so long and felt so ashamed of what I am, but I think I finally understand... But I think I finally understood that's boring. I don't want to be boring. I want to be hot. I want to be fierce. And I want to force myself to... And I want... And I don't want to force myself to be a girl anymore. So I'm coming out. I have an appointment with Planned Parenthood in two weeks to discuss medical transition. And I'm going to be the trans mask Britney Spears. All charisma and sex appeal, no apologies. But Pamela, I'm sure you'd guessed all along. Keith. P.S. Also, some lady emailed me and called me Kyle. I was vexed. (laughs) (laughs) Aw, thank you, Keith and Selena. Thank you, Keith. Trans mask Britney Spears. I fucking love it. That's amazing. Also, thanks for the honesty. That was so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Quite lovely. Uh, should we get to a live guest? Yes, let's get to a live guest. Yes! Like a live show guest, not like a those guests aren't alive. live show guest. Trish, how do you feel? Oh, good. Yeah? Do you feel good? Do you want to come up and talk? Yeah. Yay! Trish, 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 Trish. 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 Um, so if you want to check out Trish's episode, which is excellently fun, that is episode 35, A Tumble Out of Privileged. Um... She's quite charming and somehow managed to stage manage the entire thing, which I appreciated because <laughs> Jesse's no good at it. Come on, Jesse. Get better. You can laugh at her. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yes, we're cruel to Jesse. Okay, it's not funny. Got it. Hi. 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 I thought we were trying to look nice tonight, and I look at Tom as I say that. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, okay. you look Someone great. screamed yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, trash. Hi. Hi. Um, was I supposed to prepare something in Absolutely advance? Not. Oh, no, 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 no. Great. It's part of our, like, you know, like, uh, like off the cuff, witty mm-hmm. yeah. thing. But. With wit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're an easy one because you got married. Yeah. Yes, congratulations. Thank you. So exciting. Um, If you put me on the spot, um, like I was supposed to have something prepared, I was just going to describe to you what my wedding photos look like. Please, please do that. I I mean, it's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's been like over a month now, and we finally got our photos back. I look like a vision. 
You do I'm look really like a do look like I a just I look yeah. so great. I was wearing like a three quarter length lace dress, and then I had a little floral crown in my hair. Mm. Um, and my wife only upstaged me like a very little bit, but she's got these like baby blue eyes that like don't quit. So <laughs> there was like no hope for me in the photos. Yeah. <laughs> um, how was the event itself? Great. Yeah, Yeah. I think we planned a certain kind of wedding, which was like getting married at City Hall and then uh, just like a cocktail party at night. So I think we like nailed it. And our like officiant was the funniest person in the whole world. So I felt like the ceremony was really us. Like we laughed through 90% of it. Oh, that's so nice. We completely fucked up saying I do. Um, oh, that's the only thing. What did you say instead? Uh, it was just like the way that the question was worded was really, con- it was like almost like a triple negative. Like, do you not have a reason to not know why you shouldn't marry this woman? And then we just turned and looked at each other and we were like, I do? <laughs> this person's like another one not married. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> she was like, no, we have to like say that with a little more gusto. She was Tanya Grinch out in the disguise. <laughs> yeah. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, <laughs> 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 you queers. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, can I ask you, um, you don't need to have a profound answer to this, but what is something that you've learned since coming on Dickwick um, that you could share? Oh, Lordy, that's a big question. Uh, I mean, I've been in like a grad school hole, which mm-hmm. was something that we used to share. Yeah. And then you finish grad school, so we I'm no longer. I'm in my PhD now, so I'm oh, in a hole. Yeah, no, yeah, school yeah. Hole. So, that's what I call Elliot's anus. Nice, yeah. thank you. I'm like living in a hole of like Judith Butler and like Sarah Ahmed. Was that triggering to hear that? Oh, well, it just like, <laughs> reaff- you said it so eloquently. Thank you. You really like digested that text and said it nicely. Um. <laughs> So the, whole, the deep hole of research that I'm in now is looking at something called the Antigone complex, oh. which is basically like the female desire equivalent of Oedipus. the Oedipus yeah. complex, which like Judith Butler and Sarah Ahmed and everyone's written about. So, I mean, that's just where my head is right Keep now. Wait, Antigone wants to, or her brother. No, no, no. That's Electra. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, so Antigone is the daughter of Oedipus. Right, right, So then as in turn also being her brother or her sister. They're siblings as well as daughters. Yes. Yes, thank you. I understand. Um, And she she buries him, right? She tries to bury one of her brothers. So like the argument is that she has like a virtuosic ethical female desire uh-huh. so it kind of like demuddies the female desire is my understanding of it call me in three weeks and I might be somewhere else with that no 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 yeah, yeah yeah I love that so thank yeah. you even but then she gets in a, a lot of trouble and she's like banished because of it yeah yeah and then she kills herself which is how all of Greek mythology ends women <laughs> 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 just can't catch a break wah, can wah. They? yeah I'm sorry that that got so academic that's just I asked thank you so where much my head oh, okay is. Yeah. that's not my fault <laughs> yeah well, thank you so much for coming thank up, Trish. You. That was amazing. Round of applause for Trish. <laughs> Jeffrey, we told you that you'd be going last, but would you be okay with coming up right now? Yeah. Yay. Yes. <laughs> Jeffrey was on episode 30 called Justin Trudeau's Big Silver Shiny Oily Gross Phallus. <laughs> Which is maybe my favorite title? Potentially, I think so. I came up with it, so... <laughs> you did. You definitely did. Just let it be known. That's why it's my favorite. 
These are really weird. The yeah. microphones? Yeah, I'm all yeah. like, I'm like looking at you, but I'm not looking at you. Very rigid, yeah. yeah. Just think of it like a mask, like you're protected. Oh my God, yeah. I'm totally protected. Yeah. It's mask, really nice to meet you in mask. person. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> totally mask for mask. Yeah, mask for Oh mask. my God, I'm so mask for mask. I know. I was gonna... Seriously. Uh, it is nice to meet you in person. You're the only interview we ever did that was just over the phone and you were on the other side of the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so welcome to... To here, yeah. welcome to Glad welcome. Day. It's Thank so you. nice. It's so nice to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too. You guys are way cuter in person. I love it. <laughs> Tommy That's could just be wearing I've the mustache, that. and I'd be all over it. Um, so, my real question for you is: mm-hmm. Do you have any words for Pamela mm. on on this night of her gender reveal party? Well, I really had no idea what Pamela is or was. So, Pamela, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, I kind of also was envisioning you as like something like a gremlin that we get you wet or something and then like babies pop out of your back. Like I think that would be like Stay the most tuned. subversive thing that could <laughs> happen in a gender reveal party. We're not sure she's not that yet. So yeah. if you want to try after. Oh my God, let's yeah. get her wet. We should, <laughs> she's already wet. Let's be real. Pamela, come on. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what do you have to say to our listeners of Dickwick since coming on? Or is there anything you've learned that you'd like to share? Um, or you can fuck that script and say whatever you'd like. I'm like, well, I've got a little something prepared here. <laughs> PowerPoint. No. Um, <clears throat> I was thinking a lot about this evening and like what I was going to say, and that's actually why I was a little running late there because I was like, I didn't realize it was like I thought you're just going to throw us up here and be like, hi everybody. Did I screw you up by by mixing a little bit? I'm so sorry. That's okay. It's queer, right? It's totally queer. Time is queer. Exactly. I'm two spirits. So, anyways, um, (laughs) 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 we can laugh, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. Release the pressure. Um, Okay. Got a few more drinks, people. (laughs) (laughs) Can I get a round for everyone? (laughs) On Tom. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) On Tom. Okay. Um, well, I was just thinking a lot about like the you know the gross Ford government, and since I've been here for three months, I'm like, where the fuck are my lightsabers? I really want to like ninja some shit. Mm-hmm. I'm all down with cultural appropriation if it's going to be ninjing that shit. All right. <laughs> um, but I'm also thinking a lot about you know uh, calls to action and thinking about like if they can have conversations about gender identity, when are they going to come for the gays and the lesbians? And at the same time. Um, the removal of reconciliation, the reconciliation curriculum kind of went by, at least from my perspective, without a little more than a poof gone, mm-hmm. you know? So one of the most amazing things that I saw this past year was I never thought in my lifetime I would see a, a young girl in grade four ask if did Métis people go to residential school? And I wasn't even prepared for that question while I was sitting in this. I was just like, did she just really ask that question? Like, it was amazing. And so it's such an important dialogue because um, I'm an assistant professor at Ryerson University in the social work program. Congrats. Thank you. Welcome to Toronto. It's so tokenized. Uh Don't tell anybody. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Holy shit. There's been a couple of meetings I've been sitting in, and I'm all like, mm, no, that's not happening. Um, yeah. So, what can you specify that that you, what at the meeting you were saying that it wasn't happening? No. Okay. <laughs> fair Roger fair question. I've already Roger said too much. Thank you. Oh god, it sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I was really, I'm glad that you guys started off like saying like what you guys have learned, because that's really what I want you to do. I want to come up here and flip the narrative. So um, it was really great to see that you guys did the territorial acknowledgement. I also heard the word accomplice. I learned that's that from the, you, so thank yeah, you. Yeah. You know, I was all like, shout out to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, did you guys, have, has everyone heard about accomplice? Can you please? Okay, so it's not about allyship anymore. Allyship is way over. So what we need is you to literally put your body in between the police officer coming at us while we're all like, defend the land, defend the water as indigenous people and help us out that way. Um, And that you are the ones that can do the heavy lifting of talking about reconciliation. It's not an indigenous uh, responsibility. It's very much centered on the settler body, but I'm totally here to support you, and it's work that I love to do. But it can also be really triggering at times as an intergenerational survivor to uh, come back and speak about that because I don't consider my father, who died three years ago, to have survived residential school. Um, So that's really important because I think that Uh, where I'm at in my career that uh, I've witnessed uh, people that do such really amazing, brilliant work talking about indigenous communities, but it's always received better from bodies that look like the bodies that need to hear it the most. So pick up that work and have those difficult conversations. Call out Aunt Becky about, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever the hell she said at the Thanksgiving dinner table. Seriously. For fuck's sakes, Becky. Fuck Becky. (laughs) Fuck Becky. (laughs) Lori Lachlan. (laughs) So, thank you for that. Thank you. But, um, you know, moving to Toronto has been really great because I love dancing. And so I can go dancing every weekend now. I was living on a reserve. It was great. Where do you go dancing? Let's go dancing. Where where do you go? Um, Oh, um, well... Uh, like the summer days parties. Anybody? Anybody know? No? Okay, anyways. Why am I talking about this? Oh my god. <laughs> no, we want you to. We love it. I'm all nervous. <laughs> That's the whole podcast. It's yeah. just us being nervous and rambling. So okay. you're doing great. I'm doing really great. We should come to one of those parties though. Let's do it. Yeah. I can't dance, so you're gonna have a really good time watching me try. I love that. Yeah. That's I really pretend really, really that I can. You can more than I can. Well, that's not saying much. <laughs> Do you have anything you'd like to say to the audience or to anyone who's listening? Mm, nope. Can I? Okay, wait. <laughs> can I get you? Can I get you really fast? Um, so your email ends with uh, a quote from Princess <gasps> Leia, right? Well, I like the Carrie Fisher one better. Okay, can you please? Can you please read that? It's my favorite. It, does that? Does that send to every single person who you get an email from? Heck yeah. Fuck yeah, it's amazing. Okay, so. Um, the late, great, wonderful Carrie Fisher said, I don't want to be thought of as a survivor because you have to continue getting involved in difficult situations to show off that particular gift. And I'm not interested in doing that anymore. If anything, my mother taught me how to sur thrive. And that's my word for it. Sur thrive. Sur thrive. We're sur thriving. It's about taking our trauma. And like for, you know, particularly for indigenous bodies, we are in a perpetual trauma nation state here in Canada, this place called Canada. And so, you know, we survived the Colton Bushies, we survived just basically, okay, I moved home for three years and I went to 13 funerals in three years. That's insane. Genocide just looks differently for us now. Um, But what's so beautiful about the indigenous community is that we have a dark sense of humor, we laugh about everything, um, and 
the resiliency. The resiliency in the community is really what needs to be held up and celebrated, not all of the determinants of health, all of those things. And so by taking on that, uh, that way of being, of like looking after yourself in that way and embracing your traumas, all of the harsh things that we've walked through in our life, that's what makes us a thriver. Mm-hmm. That's so lovely. Okay, bye. <laughs> Are you Ooh. crying yet, Tom? No, I'm not. No, I'm not crying. I'm good at not crying in public. If it's just me and you, like today, I like stormed into Elliot's apartment crying. in tears. Yeah, actually, no. just getting ready for tonight. It's hard to explain, but I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, where's Galen? Do you need a drink? Um, yeah, no, it's fine. <clears throat> do we want to read Ollie's letter? Yeah, I do. I do. That's a great idea. Uh, we have an, oh, wow, we just have another letter that just came in right now. From who? From Dan, who's here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, he was here? And then All he right. left. Are you going to read it? Uh, oh, yeah. No, I have a hard copy of that, don't I? Uh, so, Ollie was our guest, um, episode 24, Masturbator. Um, I love Yeah. She talked to, uh, they talked about queer history and cryptozoology on that episode. It was quite the episode. Among other things. So here we go. Ollie's letter. A tribute to immeasurable growth. Dear Pamela, I am a coward. There's a good chance my sexy, sexy body is hunkered down at the back of a room with a beer while, insert reader's name, Tom, reads this to an utterly entranced audience. Feel free to come find me and pick a fight about it later. I'll whip out my most awkward handshake and uncomfortable eye contact. It will send you to the ER for sure. Anyway, your people asked my people for some cute life updates since I was on the show back in season one, and I'm here to deliver. When directly questioned, I often start whimpering and then collapse into a puddle of my own drool to avoid making direct statements about my life. Because on paper, shit doesn't look great. (laughs) Technically... I deliberately tanked my GPA, dropped out of school, quit my job, inexplicably went vegan, came out as gender fluid, and changed my name, all within four months. I'm broke, I have real, uh, no real life plans, and all I eat is rice and cauliflower. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, oh, I lost my place. Rice and cauliflower. But when you look away from the spreadsheet for a minute, I'm the happiest I've been in years. It turns out that examining your needs and desire and then actually taking steps to bring them into being can improve your quality of life. Somehow this was revolutionary. Do something? Who would have thought? So my name's Ollie. I use they, them pronouns. I'm still gay. I'm not writing midterms. And everything is great. While I'm violently angry about the state of the world at large, fuck the patriarchy, you know. But you get it. Most of you met me as Haley. A goofy, anxious lesbian who is deeply in love with history. However, so much of who she was, who I am, was a tangle of fear and a confusion held together only by determination and a maladaptive sense of humor and a pretty genuine love of history. I can't lie and say that I'm no longer confused and afraid of the world because I am, but I've learned so many things about myself, how to live with and love myself in spite of it all. Maybe I'm sickeningly optimistic, disgustingly naive, but I'm hopeful. I'm overflowing with pride for my fellows who are just trying their best, even when things don't look the best. 
This letter, more than anything, is a tribute to internal growth and acknowledgement of the invisible progress that is so easy to overlook. Sweet Pamela, perhaps you are not the proper receptacle for these declarations of love for the world. I need not speak on your hidden progress, for you were born in the image of perfection, a shining beacon of light before us. The host of this gender reveal party for a litter of immaculately conceived kittens. I thought it was fitting that I myself join your litter tonight. Gender and heart both revealed before the world. I better be the godmother, bitch. <laughs> Ollie. <laughs> You don't have to, but if you want to wave, you can. No pressure. Ah, oh, yay! <laughs> Thanks so much, Ollie. Um, there's a bonus Latin joke at the bottom of this letter. So can I just which say? Which I don't get. I, I've, I've googled it four times. I had my friend Google it with me today, and I only understand it now. But but go. All right. Uh, bonus Latin joke: A good Latin student never declines sex. But dum <laughs> well, what a glorious transition because you're our next guest. Kate, Yay! come on up, come on up. Please, dear Pamela, explain to us what the hell that means. Me? No, no, oh. no, 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 Kate said she got it. it. Oh, okay. She refuses. It's not queer. All right, fine. Ask Ollie later. Um, for those of you who don't know, Kate is, of course, Elliot's mother. <laughs> So my mom was on episode seven called No Metal Hangers, which you realize later was a drunken misquote from No Wire Hangers, but it's just too late to change. Um, my bad. I uh, still don't get it. <laughs> Mommy dearest. Totally. Totally. Anyway. Um, so yeah, when my mom was on, she was speaking to us about the importance of language, um, supporting queer family members and being the parent of a queer child. So thanks for coming back, mom. Thanks. Hello. Thanks, mom. <laughs> How happy am I to be here? I can't even say. And I had to. I had to just put some things down. So I uh, love your Pamela-themed Yeah, it's a me- uh, for everyone it's a not here. Shirt. It's yeah. a meow dress. Yeah, my mom wore a solidarity dress. So I just want to say hello to all courageous and fabulous darlings who are here in this place at this podcast. Um, it's wonderful to see everybody. It's so exciting. Thank you guys for inviting me. I don't see any other parents in the audience. Maybe. Do I? No. I Just don't. one soon to be one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Other than Pamela. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so I really feel like um, what Elliot and Tom and Jesse and Pamela have done here is created an artistic space for education and dialogue about humanity and dignity. Like, don't we need that? It's a little generous, but thank Is you. That <laughs> too generous. I'm not saying at all times, at all moments, but it's for all queer people <laughs> and their accomplices, which I very much feel like an accomplice. I did not have a gender reveal party for Elliot. Thank God. Thank you. <laughs> Wouldn't have known what to do. So, but Still wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I'm an old woman, and I've been welcomed here. And I'm just thrilled to be welcome here as a riotous queer mom. Um, and for me, Dickwick is about hope. And I really want to talk a little bit about hope here. 
And I really had hoped that there were other parents who were as proud and as humbled as I am for my queer son, Elliot, and his delectable friend, Tom, <laughs> and their brilliant sidekicks, Jesse and Pamela. Tom's crying now. <laughs> and I'd love to report that since I was on Dickwick in the autumn of 2017, talking about being a, a queer mom and a parent, that tremendous good had happened in the world for queer kids and their parents. But alas, I worry it's not always the case, and darkness forever lives beside hope for us. And I think some things have happened in the good, but there's still too much hatred and sorrow for our queer kids and families. And I think it's useful to reach back into queer and feminist activism and writers and reflect on hope in the dark and to channel some love and peace, which I really feel like you guys are doing in so many ways. I feel like this is a moment of space, a dialogue of hope and being funny is one of those spaces that opens up. I swear I didn't ask her to say any of that. No, I, I didn't. No. I didn't know that this was going to happen. I saw you holding her at gunpoint. <laughs> <laughs> and we need to channel this peace and love to queer and trans kids and families who are not here and won't be represented here, and those who've been erased. They're rural, remote, violent communities that don't get to be here, and they have fewer supports and no accomplices, and we want them to feel this love and hope, and we're here with you. And if you just allow me, you guys have been sitting a long time, but I just want to quote Rebecca Solnit, um, you know, because she's like, she's my girl. And uh, she's a, a, a great feminist, and I just want to reflect a little bit on some of her notions of ideas of hope. I'm sorry, you can see where you get this. <laughs> <laughs> right? There's just a mirror right here. <laughs> it's just me in a wig. <laughs> we won't apologize. You somehow look younger. <laughs> <laughs> so in her rewrite of her book, Hope in the Dark, which she actually put out during the Bush era and, and then had to rewrite it now for Trump, God love her, you know, she got up off the bed and tried it again. And she says... Your opponents would love you to believe that it's hopeless, that you have no power, that there's no reason to act, that you can't win. But hope is a gift you don't have to surrender, a power you don't have to throw away. And, and though hope can be an act of defiance, defiance isn't enough reason to hope, but there are good reasons. So hope, it's important to say what hope is not. It's not the belief that everything was or is will always be fine. The evidence is all around us of tremendous suffering and tremendous destruction. But you could call it an account of complexities. This is what I love about Dickwick. You c it's like an account of complexities. It's an opening to a dialogue of thinking about the uncertainties and the openings that we need to continue to talk about sorrows despairs and hope I got my little markers in here don't worry <laughs> so hope in this sense is not a prize or a gift but something you earn through study through resistance through the e and resisting the ease of despair and through digging tunnels cutting windows 
opening doors or finding the people who do these things. They exist. You gotta give them hope, said Harvey Milk a long, long time ago, and then he did. So I just want to thank everybody, Tom, Elliot, Jesse, baby doll. <laughs> I got my meowy suit on. We're all good. We're going to see this through, whatever happens. But mostly it's just this community, this beautiful community of love and opening and trust and hope. And I just want to say hope to everyone. Love, peace from Mama Cat. That's so cute. Thank wait, you so wait, much. don't go. Like, Kate, I want to I want to trap you here for one more second, if you don't mind. Great. Just because, like, you're such a queer mama, I and I love it. And like, my mother would <laughs> rather faint than be here. Uh, uh, no, no, it's fine. Um, but I just I'm I, I I it's such a pleasure that you're a listener, and I'm I'm wondering like if I could be salacious and like crude at this point. It's Please. Like, how do you feel about um, some of the stories that Elliot tells about like being fucked on a doctor or on his table or like, do you know what I mean? Like, or like like I just want to like. You just had to. Eh? What are your queer <laughs> thoughts on like? What are, what is your sex positivity thoughts on this? Well, Elliot has his life and he's happy and he's doing incredible things and fucky non fucky he's doing his his thing. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for the support. Not. Yeah, it's his body, his choice. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Sorry, it wasn't your doctor. I no, it wasn't my. It yeah, wasn't okay. like a family I didn't actually hear that head. one. We'll yeah, okay, we'll talk later. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Listen. Uh, thanks, mom. You're welcome. Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. We should have a, a short 10-minute accessibility break for everyone to use the washroom, stretch your legs, then we will wrap this night up with a few more voices. Wonderful. Yeah. Good idea. Everyone get a drink. Thank you. Relax. We have um, some more guests to come up and speak. Yeah. And then we need to cut into Pamela's gender cake. I know. And do I'm the so big excited. reveal. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so without further ado. Yeah. Uh, shall we start with Jonathan? Let's start with Jonathan. 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 Get the hell up here. Get the hell up here. Hi. 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 Don't say hi yet until you have that microphone oh, in your hand. Gotta get it close. I know nothing about this. Yeah. Except for you're a guest. Except for our idea. So this is very off the the cuff. It's unplanned. So I. And I wasn't gonna say anything because I was really nervous. I was so nervous. What are you nervous about? I don't know. It's a safe space. Thank you. I feel really safe. (laughs) Now. Thank you. Everyone, this is Jonathan. Hi. Big round of applause. Jonathan's episode is. um, Jesse? Jesse doesn't know. <laughs> we can we can corrections corner yeah. this. This yeah, is unplanned. Sure, sure. Sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> the scrappiness. But it was fun and great. It was really fun. Yeah. I was. Uh, I it was, was one of our lighter, light-hearted episodes, which I appreciate. God. It was and like before God. we lost yeah. the joy, like in season two. No, you know what I mean. I know. So yeah, thanks we need for to being address here. that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we really do. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? I feel really good. Thanks. 
Really okay. happy to be here, and congratulations. Thank you so much. On uh, your season finale. Thank you. Amazing. And congrats to Pamela. Let's oh, say. Pamela. She's when is she due? When is she due? Oh, We're not, we don't know what the gestation period for cats is. Does, so, that, does anyone know? Kathy? Like four months? Is it four? Oh, she's not listening. A okay. couple months. Uh, um, <laughs> Jonathan, what do you have to share since you came on? Have you learned any lessons or any bits of wisdom you'd like? Or even questions? I've learned lots of lessons. What did you learn? I've been in a really deep um, relationship theory dive okay, since okay, our okay, last okay. chat. Um, I'm on a man cleanse. A man cleanse? Yep. So I'm not on any apps. Ooh. Okay. Everyone's like, <laughs> Do we clap? Or yeah, they're like, like turning off their phones. Like, Ugh. Are you okay? Damn. Yeah. Um, so and what's I, the reason? I just, I, I've, I've, I've been downtown for about 11 years. I've had about eight lovers. Mm. Eight lovers? Serious lovers. That's right. a lot, I think. Yeah. Not Serious time. lovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had none of those. And they've all, they've all kind of ended in the same way. Mm. Like explosive. Tragic. Right. Yeah. Like took a part oh, of I you. I love the like drama. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, I'm, so I'm, in a, I'm in a Ariana Grande thank you next yes. phase yes. of my life where Great. I am looking within. Love it. Great. Doing a lot of self-work. And how is it working out Self-care? for you? Self-care. Great. Really yeah. great. I'm um, doing a lot of reading, which has been really, really helpful um, on relationship theories and attachment theories mm. and childhood trauma. Mm. Okay. And healing and dealing, which has been really important. And I think that's the next chapter for attracting healthier mates and healthier relationships. Yeah. And it all starts with ourselves. So self-care, mm-hmm. self-love, inner work, inner healing. And then we can radiate joy and love to others. And I think that's important, especially now in this mm-hmm. world. I feel so. attacked by this advice. But. <laughs> Tom just starts melting from the inside out. I'm just, um, yeah. I'm just ready to, like, graduate to, like, a better love situation. Yeah. yeah. Love, you know? And yeah. I'm just, you know, so that's what I'm doing. So I have a lot of reading. But it's been really great. And So what um, do you hope to manifest from this? Like, what Pardon the pun. Yeah. Man- <laughs> manifest. Um. <laughs> uh... So you're, craw- <laughs> you're crawling in this. You're crawling in this man cleanse. Tunnel. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when you get out of the tunnel, where do you see yourself? What are you doing? Who are you with? Uh, uh um, what am I? Uh, I'm with. I'm with uh, a better version of the people that I've dated in the past, and I'm a better version of myself in yeah. those relationships. It's a two way street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have to do that stuff first before I can like desperately cling on to. You know, because I've been doing that, I think. I didn't yeah. realize I was, but I've been doing that. Stage five clinger. Well, not even that, but I mean, the city the city is pretty, it's pretty, it can be lonely and cold, and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm just done with these, like, really cheap experiences with people. I yeah. want depth, and I want quality, and I want connection. Okay, I love this, and I want to learn more. What yeah. are your strategies for that? So you clear off the apps. No more apps. That I get. Yeah. So then, embracing loneliness. Ooh. Believe it or not. <laughs> believe it or not, quite confronting. Quite confronting. Just one second. Yeah. Oh, and and I also quit. I also quit drinking. That's amazing. Which I did not want to do, but I. It's it, from what I've been reading. It's so linked to codependency, and you, we've all seen *Star Is Born*. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. So that was that looked like my relationship in the past. So I just really wanted to like clear clarity, 
I love it. Oh, do this you, is such good advice. Self-healing, self-work. I hate this question personally, yeah. but do you have uh, just a few names of the books you've been reading or the authors that you could like yes. gesture or guess towards? Actually, I got a couple of books here at Glad Day Bookshop. Yes. Plugging Glad Day Bookshop. Yeah. And it's funny because I, 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 I see Galen here, and Galen and I were on One Girl, Five Gays together. Oh, yeah. Years ago, which will be 10 years next year, actually, which is Sorry, crazy. These lights became really bright. Yeah. What just happened there? I need the darkness filter. <laughs> Tom needs his loneliness corner. Thank you, Thank you Terrence. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so Gail and I met on One Girl Five Gays, which is we talked about love and sex every Friday night in a very open, frank way. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I got um, um, uh, Keeping the Love You Find by Harville Hendricks. Talks about the Imago therapy, which is about um, we subconsciously attract our parents and our partners. Oh, God. Both the negative and positive traits. So look at your partners, do a little T-chart of the pros and cons, and then look at your parents, <laughs> and they match up, apparently. So that's what they've been confronting. Yeah, there's a, there, there is a, yeah, because it's, it's the first person that we knew what love was, so yeah. that we look for them. And if it was a bad relationship with your parents, and you're looking for bad people, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of been my thing. Um, oh, dear. Attached has been really great. Love that book. Um, yeah, there's a lot of them. Oh, um, Velvet Rage is amazing. We all know Velvet Rage. Do you know Velvet Rage? Important, <laughs> important book for queer uh, people. We should start um, a Dickwick uh, reading yes, chapter. Yes, a book club. A book oh club. God. That's what those We're are. We're like yeah, Reese yeah, yeah. yeah, let's be Reese Witherspoon. Velvet Rage is great. Um, uh, ten, 10 smart things gay men can do to have healthier lives. I don't know. There's a lot of them. But uh, yeah, amazing. Really yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks. Wow. Thanks for okay, coming. Yeah. Out. Thanks for joining us. Good luck on your journey. Thank you. Yeah. Keep keep us updated. Yeah. Please do. Yeah. Russ. 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 Yeah. Hold on. I need to. That was a lot. I just need to. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair. Let's all just. Let's all just Russ, you're here. Get into Russ. Hi, Franz. Hi. Uh, before we get started with Russ, can we have a round of applause for Jesse? Yeah. I'm uh, not. I'm not clapping. We're cutting that. this. I'm we're not cutting clapping. This whole part. Jesse, cut, Jesse, cut that. Is the technical genius behind the project, and uh, for the listeners at home, I just want them to know that like he's handsome and cute and wonderful, <laughs> and everything that these two say is wrong. Oh come I on! Don't know. I don't know. This Breaking night us. is over. Yeah, we're, thanks for coming. I guess. Uh, Ellie, you have been so articulate and intelligent. Tom, you're wearing a gray T-shirt. Uh, uh. Everyone, please check out Russ on episode 36, Get Into Russ. Um, Or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us tonight. It's lovely to be with you both. What's been going on with you, Russ? Oh, I went back to school. I'm in grad school. Uh, Tom, I do have a present for you. I have a slight correction. Judith Butler uh, likes to use performance instead of expression because expression means that something is innate versus naturalized. Amazing, thank you. I was thinking that. Yeah, I was thinking. I'm glad glad you said it first. Took the words right out of his mouth with that one. Yeah, but I read Gender Trouble like last week, so amazing. Yeah. What are you taking in school? Uh, I am going uh, to Brock for popular culture. I am taking my masters, and I am uh, writing about uh, drag queens because I don't want this current boom in drag not to uh, be documented some way in an academic sense. Wow, that's Ooh. amazing. Yeah, I thought it was really great until a bunch of scientists said that we had 12 years to live. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all laugh as we burn, right? <laughs> the audience is like, hmm. 
<laughs> Bar's still open, everyone. You can still get your drinks. You didn't come here for environmental humor? No, no, Listen, we did. we're all here for <laughs> we that. We did. It's queer. It's yeah, queer. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Climate yeah. change is queer. Uh, yeah. yeah. You guys look uncomfortable. <laughs> Russ, Russ, how has your life changed? Like, other than grad school, like, how is your queer self sort of like, you know... Uh, it is fun. So uh, Brock is out in St. Catharines, oh, uh, which is one of the only places that like being a white gay man is interesting. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> one of those few spaces <laughs> left. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, no, it, it has been uh, very fun to talk with those people about uh, gender and sexuality. Uh, uh, there is a kid who's doing anime, and I explained to him what tucking is. That was cute. Cool. Oh, very <laughs> Do you want to cute. explain to our listeners yeah. what tucking is? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with duct tape. With duct tape, yeah. Uh, Y'all know what tucking is. Yes, right? Show of hands. So I just, <laughs> sorry, I'm very stupid, but I just learned that it means that you put your balls up into your body. Yeah, like when you're cold or when something... Uh, happens during sex it's accidental mm. <laughs> is there is that like okay long term uh no not long term okay. uh but it is totally fine for your testicles to be inside of your body i'm That's, just uh, wondering where that problem. crevice is that you know what i mean like i don't know i'm trying to figure out the physics of it your balls you. are just too big probably I, <laughs> live tucking live tucking Never. no one came here for that matt <laughs> okay let, i mean yeah, all right. We, we can move on from that. I'm confused by it. Is anyone not confused by it? You pop your balls up into your body, uh, like so, mm-hmm. and then you move your penis uh, back between uh, your butt cheeks, and you tape it there with duct tape. Uh, and then you uh, perform femininity. Nothing confusing about that. Right, we all get it. I suppose not. No. Yeah. Do you have any advice for our listeners since you've been on here? Or anything you've learned? Or for our dear, is, dear Pamela. Yeah. Uh, do you know what I would love to do with Pamela? What? Uh, we did a uh, live art reading of Pamela mm. uh, when I came into the podcast. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was looking at Pamela as I was sitting here watching you, and I was thinking that her hat really connotes some sort of uh, a move towards country music in the uh, American <laughs> pop star uh, <laughs> by Joanne on iTunes, Mayo of the Woods. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Kelsey Pellerini, I don't listen to her either, but someone here does. Uh, and the blonde long wig is giving me a little Christina Aguilera. It mm. is giving me traditional femininity. It is giving me blonde tourage. All of the uh, things that we believe about how women should uh, bring sex into our world with her hair. Did you hear wow. that, Pamela? Pamela, puck up your ears. It's funny you say that because we call this Joanne Pamela. This no, is, yeah. yeah. This yeah, is yeah, our yeah. Joanne so, Pamela yeah. look, yeah. yeah. Thanks Bye, Joanne on iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Russ. Thank you, Russ, for joining us. Get into it, am I right? Angela? Angela. Angela? Okay. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited about this guest, like... God damn it. <laughs> this was like a personal high for me having Angela come on the podcast. She was my teacher at U of T mm-hmm. for indigenous perspectives mm-hmm. and rocked my world. And what a what a fucking gift it was to come and talk to us. So first of all, thank you. And I'm not worthy. Thank I'm, you. <laughs> I'm very excited to be here. I was one half of your teaching duo. I'm the, I was the Italian-Canadian half of the Indigenous Perspectives workshop. I, we also had John Doran, our, yep. the Mi'kmaq half. of Yeah, so yep. mm. super Italian-Canadian, 
Don't get it twisted. <laughs> yeah. it out there. We can talk about tomato sauce later. <laughs> That's August. But can we, though? Just get yeah. into it. Can we? we? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry, everybody. It's good to see you both. You're looking amazing. Thank you you so are cute. You. Like, last time you were, like, hiding behind the computer in this way? That, like, anyway. Okay, Jesse's cute. Know more about Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> For everyone just tuning in, I have a mustache. You can hear, (laughs) you can hear Angela on episode thirty-two. What was happening in the nineties? Have you seen Friends? Have you seen Friends? Seriously, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. Yeah, Yeah, because we were talking about what there was the big change to the well, the cancellation of the Truth and Reconciliation sort of curriculum extension writing. Boo! Boo! Huge boo! boo. And then, and we thought we were going to talk about that, but then also it was like, and we're canceling the sex ed curriculum, and we're going back to the Friends era, and so. Hence that. So, yeah, I mean, the update on that, I think Jeffrey already mentioned there hasn't been really an update. No one's really picked up that work. Mm -mm. And I think in other news that impacts children in general and indigenous children in particular is last week the uh, cancellation, can I speak, of the... um, uh, ch- child advocates office in the in the province. Oh, fuck the yeah, yeah. Boo. boo huge boo yeah. yeah so so you what know. does that mean then for well the child advocates office was an arm's length office which um, advocated for children in care um, and we know that indigenous black youth are disproportionately represented in the care systems and specifically actually had a portfolio um, to work with issues and with the the young people in uh, indigenous communities in the north um, to bring to light their voice and their issues and amplify what they had to say. So um, I worked at that office for eight months after I did my PhD and they did amazing work with Mm -hmm. the young people and were employing them, engaging them in different forums. They put out some really great reports that are available online. And I mean, I'm sort of still sitting in that like a little bit of well, a lot of anger. Yeah. And touching base with colleagues who have spent their careers like dedic- like learning about the care system and standing by children who, you know, want to have no one else to call, right, mm-hmm. when they're in danger. And yeah, now they might just like not have a job. So we're we're just scared and and also who are going who's going to stand beside these young people? That's the the number one. So, yeah, just like not feeling great right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like how could you, right? Yeah, but that's okay. I think I think Jeffrey too said, you know, about not just hope, right? Hope is important, but what is the call to action? What's mm-hmm. the call to action? So still listening for that and still thinking through mm-hmm. that one. So I know this is a heavy question for you, maybe, but like, what is the call to action? Like, what can we do as accomplices moving forward with this like dangerous, violent, like these curriculum changes? I think the call to action on everything seems to be raise your voice and to yeah. listen to so when this cancelization of cancelization did I keep saying it's that? a word now it's past my bedtime yeah. I have a PhD like I'm really smart like do you know what I mean like people like I teach teachers like I just want to let you know like if you have a problem with your educator like come see me do you know what I, I mean? make a lot more sense now oh my god wow um what can we do I think you know um, indigenous organizations have come out this past weekend saying that this is a really bad decision for indigenous young people. And so writing letters, yeah. protests, like what? I mean, I think getting our voices out that people care about this. Right. Mm-hmm. So 
I think that's that's right now that's top of mind for me. And it's amazing. Like um, I've seen so many teachers take that into their classrooms and young people start writing le- letters. They care about this stuff. And yeah. you should see the sass they whoof, the I sass they amazing. give. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So, that. yeah. So that's my that's my work update. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank oh, you. This is great. So we have one more guest, but we have a letter. Yeah, let's read the letter. Let's read the letter. Do okay. you want to read the letter? Um, I think you should read the letter, seeing as, seeing as it's from Leah, right? Okay. A fellow hooker like you. That's their, the name of their group. That's not a shaming thing, I promise. <laughs> sex worker. Um, Are you changing you? the name of your friend group? <laughs> yeah, sex workers. <laughs> okay, yeah, nice. yeah. Um, that's confusing to explain, so I'm not going to. Um, uh, okay, this is from Leah, who is like... Uh, yeah, yeah. What what did we say? Patient zero of yeah. Of well, just quick. just read it. She yeah. Oh, she, she okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, dearest Pamela and my Dickwick boys, Elliot, Tom, and Jesse. Edit that last part out. Now, in my experience, she wrote that, not me. In my experience, and yes, I have a lot of experience. Cats tend to have multiple births, so I just know that your little kitty uterus is full of furry equality fighters. Will you have a boy or a girl? Who knows. Gender is a construct. If I have my way, you'll have a litter full of bedazzled drag kittens. And yes, those could be either male or female or neither. Drag is for everyone, y'all. To Tom, <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. The all right. hot take. To Tom Elliott, Jesse, and listeners, what can I even say? I feel as though I am patient zero to the Dickwick ep- epidemic. <laughs> I've been your number one fan since day one. I think what you're doing is so important, and I really appreciate the care, levity, intelligence that you bring to current affairs. The world is on fire, and I think we need more crusaders like you working the hardest to educate and also learn. The way you thoughtfully curate your guests speaks to how closely you're paying attention to the issues that need your focus. I'm sure Pamela's kittens are learning so much already (laughs) in utero. (laughs) Speaking of learning, what have I learned since being on the show? I've learned that I have a lot of learning to do. We all do. My episode focused on the Women's March in Toronto. As a society, we have a long way to go for our ladies. Misogyny runs deep, and I wish for a world where Pamela's kittens can grow up free from the constraints of gender bias. Women are strong, women are capable, and society has created false shortcomings to make us feel as though we are not as capable and as deserving as our male counterparts. This needs to stop now. We need to be a champion for women, especially women of color and trans women. As a cis white woman, I've learned that when racial intersectionality comes up, sometimes I need to sit in that discomfort. That's so fucking true. Instead of trying to prove what a great ally I am, I need to be a good ally, and sometimes that means eating my words and staying uncomfortable. Comfort breeds complacency, so let's make sure we're all listening to each other, even if that means being wrong. Learn from it. Pamela's kittens would want it that way. That being said, I would like to thank Dickwick family for being endlessly supportive of everything I do and also their continued support of all their guests. As an artist, it is rare to find people that just generally support your art. I'm glad Pamela is helping to bring into the world a whole new brood of support. If you're interested in what I'm up to, check out the Dickwick page because they always post about their past guests and everything we have on the horizon. For that, I am endlessly thankful. You'll be hearing my voice to a whole new crop of Dickwick openers next season. I'll leave this note with this. Be kind to each other. I know it's trite, but sometimes the most trite statements are true. 
in these increasingly scary times when we want to scream and pull out our hair or toss our wigs. Because of the hatred being levied all around us, we need to be there for each other. Let's fight like hell against ignorance, but also remember to take a moment, breathe, listen to Dickwick, and just be <laughs> kind. I have to believe that kindness will ultimately prevail. Pamela's kittens deserve it. Love always. Your queen, Leah, sent from the Interior Illusions Lounge. <laughs> Thanks, Leah. For everyone listening, you can tune into Leah's episode. It's episode 16 called Twit with a Clit. Twit with a Clit! Yeah. That's right! Yeah, we called it that, oh boy. so that's upsetting. That's on us. Um, we have one more. Yeah, we do! Yeah. We do, we do. Oh, God damn it. Matt? Matt Sweet. Matt Sweet! Uh, get the fuck up here. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's how this is going to go, everyone. <laughs> Oh my god, hi. Hi, thanks. How are we? So this is exciting because Matt is not a previous guest. Never been on this show before. He is a future guest. Yes. Yeah, I'm from the future, y'all. Time is clear, again. Time is, don't do it. (laughs) It's a bad plan. Someone has screamed, don't do it. (laughs) That's real life. You know why? Because people are afraid that I will just eviscerate Tom because obviously. Um, I even, like, even tonight, I've been writing notes the whole time, just like things he said that are shitty. Um, <laughs> but we'll get to that. Sorry, I'm, I'm interrupting. What are you guys saying? Hey, no, hi, no, this how is are you doing? Hi, thanks for coming up. That's what we're saying. Um, yeah. Oh, so who I am. So I'm Matt Sweet. Um, I am the uh, person who created this daughter podcast of Do You Queer What I Queer called Facts, Fibs, and Ter- Fairy Tales. Uh, which is specifically a reaction to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I mean. Not in any way, because, like, they're activists, and I'm, like, um, mediocre and white, so We're also that, though, so... Yeah, but, like, you're trying, and I'm not, so it's different. Right. (laughs) Um, But what kind of happened to me was I was listening to the show, and, I mean, I'm obsessed with it, and I I love that you guys are so passionate, and, Skip over the nice parts. No, because one of the things I wrote down about notes is that you rush over compliments, so (laughs) fuck you guys. I walked right into so, that one. So I'm going to continue. Come on. Um, and I was listening to one particular episode that just like literally ripped my soul from my body because it was all very, very heavy sadness. And I was like, that is amazing. And somebody has to talk about that. I'm not that girl. So I need someone to, I need to create a space where we're trying to inject that light, love, and positivity back into the universe. So I started a podcast where I just get people to tell me um, how they fuck. So that's what yeah. I, I do. Um, yeah, yeah. I get people to come and tell me stories about. Well, I tell a story about a time I fucked someone. They tell a story about how they fucked somebody, and we all learn. Um, and there's a winner, correct? I mean, there used to be, <laughs> and it was me. But I mean, not in my episode. I won that one. I, mm, uh, <laughs> we're not going to get into your episode because it's dark and twisty, just like this podcast. Um, yeah, no. Like, I, and I, what I try to do is I really try to focus on like we live in the darkest timeline and I that fucking sucks and I just my hope is that every Friday when my episodes come out someone is on the subway somewhere listening to it and laughing at the fact that somebody shit all over a top one time <laughs> and like that's fucking that was, funny no that was not my no no it wasn't no Fake but news. don't worry they're in the room <laughs> I won't tell Jesse's who <laughs> um, yeah so that's kind of what I'm here uh 
to talk about a little That's bit. That's amazing sentiment. Like, yeah, I really I do that. applaud you for that. Yeah. Thank you. It's nice because we come out on Tuesday and then everyone's sad all week. And then Friday, they're like, fuck, finally, I can be happy yeah. for the weekend. Do yeah, no, that's I mean? that's that's why I put it on Fridays. It's perfect. <laughs> like, they got to recover now that they've been sad this whole time. Everyone who's listening who hasn't subscribed to Facts, Fibs, and Fairy Tales mm. and rate review. Yeah. I also thing. love shading this podcast as well. I, awesome. I love to say, you know. He does do that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they're so good and also so sad. I listened to one today, then you just like said that and skipped. You're like, we're done talking about them, though. Let's just fucking get on to it. So Matt, listen, what yeah. have you learned since yes. starting a podcast? Like, what are the, oh, you know. Well, what? I learned never ask Tom for advice about the technical parts. Oh, um, no. No, no, no. Yeah. Apparently, I should be talking to Jesse, but like, who's that guy? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. Um, no, I think I've learned a lot. Um, if you ever start a podcast, I think what you should always do is record at least three episodes and then throw them in the trash because they're garbage. Um, mm. I learned in my very first episode, don't think you can do it well high as balls. Uh, I mean, it's published. It's episode one, but it's not cute. <laughs> um, what else have I learned? I've learned that, you know, for me, what it comes down to is you have to create space for people to tell their story. and and. What I try to do and what I focus on is, you know, I give people like a theme, you know, my, my series all have themes, but wherever that story takes us, like that's part of the joy of it because that's where you'll find the funniest moments. And what I love the most is when someone tells me something and like, I don't know, I don't have boring people on the show, but every now and then you have people that you're like, oh, this episode is going to be weird. <laughs> And then they just come out with like epic tales of like multi-country fuck sessions across borders and barriers. And I just think that's insane. And I love that. And if you don't create space for that, because everyone has a story. And I think that's that's what I care about is like I want to hear what people have to say. Um, yeah. And so I'm excited. You're coming on soon. Yes. You're going to tell me about the filthy things you get up to. Although Absolutely. apparently you just tell your mom anyway. So I don't know like, <laughs> yeah. why we're worried about it. Or Tom accident. tells my mom. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, it all amounts to the same <laughs> in the end. Someone's got to tell her. Yeah, exactly. I think I told Sorry, your mom, mom some things earlier. I was That's just like, fair. listen, Kate, I got to tell you about this case of herpes I've got. We just have to dive into it. <laughs> From last Elliot. Time, we're not sure it was me. We're not sure. Jury's still out. Yeah, and actually, I wrote down something that Kate said. Uh, she said that you guys create a space for humanity and dignity, and my show is the opposite of that. Both are necessary. Yeah. So thank you. You got to do both. Exactly. Anyway, that's me. Um, I love you guys, and I do want to take a quick second before I bounce away um, just to get everyone here to clap loudly and appreciate the fact that you guys are here and doing this, and it matters, and it's important. So thank you. Oh, no, you got complimented. Ah. Thank you. And I'm going to go now. Thank you so much. Thank I'm so you, excited Matt. to be on your show. Wow, I expected him to be way meaner. That was so, the kindest thing yeah. I've ever heard anyone say. So. Uh, so I guess without further ado, we now need to oh, reveal the gender of Pamela's baby. I, it's the piece de resistance. It fully is, yeah. yeah. So, um, Oh, Jesse. Oh, wait. Okay, sorry. We have some questions from the audience. Kathy. Um, We're not yeah. positive this might be a trans species impregnation. So We're not sure. We're not sure yet. Pamela might be a lizard, like wearing a cat, like, you yeah. know, fur. Yeah. I can speak for the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie. Mega cat, mega porcelain. Wow, there's so much feedback about this. Absorption <laughs> cat. It's possible. It's possible. It's Listen, good. you heard it here first. Um, Anyone else? Uh, Jesse wanted to say something. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's nine. Um, we. It's 9.28, and we've been given a, we're a done, hard we're done. cut, but thanks for trying. Um, Jesse, can you come do the honors of cutting the cake? Jesse, cut the cake! <laughs> cut the cake! Tom, can you narrate? Yeah. Take off your shirt first. <laughs> I, can, I can hold it. Oh, God. Jesse finally has a knife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so here I'm just narrating for the listeners at home. A lot of people have just swarmed in and they're making noise at the back. But Jesse is going to cut into this fabulous cake um, that he made with our friend Jessica. And uh, let's see what's inside of it. It will reveal the gender of Pamela's litter. Okay, he's cutting. He's making the, the triangular slice. And then he's lifting it up, and oh—it's—it's it's neither blue nor pink. It's a disgusting green color. Gender is dead, everybody. Everyone knows what metaphor is, right? <laughs> She's a lizard. She's a lizard. <laughs> She's a lizard. We're almost possible, yeah. Um. Uh. So. Let's close this out. Uh, we don't need to do silver linings because we're out of time. Yeah, we're out of this time. This is for sure our silver lining. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming out. No, one, two, ready, go. Um, So here is a letter to Pamela by our guest, Jeffrey McNeil. Dear Pamela, to begin, I am an uninvited Shaquepam fourth-generation English visitor to the Mississaugas of the New Credit Treaty Lands and territory of the Ojibwe Anishinaabe Nation. I hereby declare my service and commitment to the vested interest and initiatives as directed to me by the Mississaugas and grassroots Anishinaabe's and Shawepam warrior coming into relation with the land, water, sky, unseen, and current caretakers of this great gathering place, Toronto. Pamela, us queers and two-spirit people need to talk about how to do reconciliation. While divesting from TD and Royal Bank at Pride would be a super rad first step of reconciling for you and yours especially in your white pamtastic bummy leading the charge at your end of the acronym. Pamela, I believe in your ability of getting some serious traction of solidarity in recruiting accomplices. Because we all know lesbians get shiz done, especially the white ones. Left, right, and center. I'm bringing this up because I felt it is important that since Ford came for reconciliation to now nearly denying people's gender-fabulous existence, that starts from indigenous, ancestral, respected gender-fabulousness of my relatives here all across Turtle Island, right? That I wanted to ask you something. Can you name an action you're working on from the TRC's calls to action? I felt it was important to talk about reconciliation since it's erasure from schools passed by without a peep, 
let alone action from the queer community. Pam, dig into this deeply on Dickwick. This is a conversation for your settler folks need to have with established accomplices who have been doing the work of being gifted the the title invited or vouched for by the Indigenous community as facilitators, perhaps? Pam, Elliot and Tom are doing the work. When can I count on you? Pam, you need to feel my storytelling, the cost of this work. My move back to Toronto and thus my arrival to Ryerson was at a cost. The work I am performing for you is intensive, emotional labor, and I cried on my walk home thinking about it because the cost is still fresh. Pam, I am what is called an intergenerational Indian residential school survivor. Survivor? Surviving? As a Shaquacum Two-Spirit man, I was and continue to be, for the majority of my students and you, the first moment of encounter of being in relation with not only an Indigenous body, but a Shaquacum Two-Spirit one at that, sharing my Shaquacum teachings or perspective or worldview, as well as my understandings of universal Indigenous laws as I've come to know them as being. Reciprocity, respect, relationality, land and water defense, to name but a few. This storytelling, my pedagogy, and how I teach as it intersects with social work practice and research has seen students come at me openly in and out of class. They have told me that I don't know what I'm talking about and that I didn't belong. My storytelling as culturally relevant pedagogy does not come from an Indigenous foreign land and time. This magical Indigenous underlay is that is perpetually relegated to primitivity by you and your government, but imagined by us as the sacred lands of the almighty red road laden and steeped in the traditional with every clear-cut mine and dam project that's been approved, the great united nation of Nativia. Say it like you're Disney's Pocahontas, but in whispered wonderment. This style of teaching and learning doesn't make sense when Western educational systems are literally and overarchingly imperialist and colonialist. We are hard-pressed to imagine something other than capitalism as any other way of being. Being too busy, being broke, being depressed, being angry, being triggered, being witness to the closure of the Ontario Child Advocacy Offices, being witness to universities threaten to lose funding, comply with denying students the right to protest, being witness to a provincial government who now discusses regressing our move to balance to deny its duty to recognize gender diversity. Pam, I don't need to remind you of the statistics of suicide and two-spirit youth, do I? Or being the best activist, being the most organized, being busy, being the best ally, being witness to the maintenance and reproduction of Western thought, and the, well, this is how we do, and this is how we'll always be done, as taking precedence over indigenous language and knowledge, knowledges that have been here since time immemorial. Being witness to casual, everyday racism and lateral violences at our faculty councils, courtrooms, inquiries, kitchen tables, and living rooms. Pamela, stop being trapped in the fear and victimry of possibly being treated like us because things take time. Pamela, stop being trapped in the fear and victimry of possibly being treated like us. Like when you saw what happened when we stood up like we did at 
and for at Standing Rock. Like we are against Kinder Morgan and all black snakes and sellouts. Like we are against this federal government's shady and swift move to deal with the Indian problem once and for all. It giving reconciliation through there being no option but to settle it with a shit treaty. I cried this walk home because the last time I lived in Toronto, my dad was still alive, and this particular preparatory sojourn on Bloor West was the first walk home where I was thinking so deeply about something since being here that I couldn't call him. It mirrored many a walk the last time I lived here, and the space and place of Bloor triggered a memory and also deep gratitude for my dad. He always knew just what to say to me. He'd remind me of who I was, my family lineage, And he'd remind me to always speak my truth. And then he'd always make me laugh by saying, Don't stress so much, my boy. You know how it is with us Seymours. And I'd reply, Yes, Dad. And together we would say, Once you've seen a little, you'll always want to see more. But Pam, he's not here. The work of talking about reconciliation is an intensive, emotional labor because he didn't survive residential school. He was just surviving. Pam Pam, this work comes at a cost. Pamela, I also do this work because of a word in my Shawepimistin language. Wakwashtin, a word that loosely translates to I love you. And I say loosely because it's also something that you show that you do. I do this work because it's how I show reciprocity. And it's what I love. And it's how I show love. Pemmy, I think we can agree that the act of showing love isn't always boxes of chocolate and cards with cute sayings and stuff. The action of love, of showing love, is also about truth-telling. The work comes at a cost. Pam, it's important that you hear these heavy things, and I do not share them for your sympathy, but rather it is my compassionate interruption to invite you into the work. I humbly ask you to consider that reconciliation means understanding that Indigenous students and colleagues experienced genocide just differently than how it looked for their ancestors. Reconciliation means that empathy and compassion are centered always when interacting with Indigenous people and colleagues and friends and your many, many lovers, because some of us have been to 13 plus funerals in three years. Perpetual Trauma Nation State. Reconciliation looks like having a conversation about why Aunt Becky's comment at Thanksgiving or Uncle John's comments about the Muslims or your bestie's latest spirit animal isn't going to stand with you anymore. Reconciliation looks like you gathering and voicing your rage when the next Colton Bushy or Tina Fontaine or Cindy Gladue happens. Reconciliation looks like helping that two-spirit who came into your queer service providing agency, not sending them away because there was somewhere else to go, or they drank hand sanitizer and not vodka, or weren't passable as a trans two-spirit woman, or smelled because they were street entrenched, that there was somewhere else to go. Pammy, reconciliation is stopping and talking to and feeding that person begging for money on the streets because showing up and begging is probably the hardest job of all. Pam, you've written her off after years of seeing her around. Don't forget. Reciprocity was your ancestors' first teaching. Reciprocity equals always gives back. Imagine if Indigenous ancestors looked at and scoffed or erased people and each other the way we do today. Nativia would still be a thing. 
My ancestral responsibility is to treat all things with love and respect and to protect the land, water, and people. These markings on my chin that I have earned demands that I always do so in any space. My work of reconciliation has gifted me stories I needed to hear. I facilitated circles where I heard about the trauma of leaving the motherland and 85 years later this German matriarch wept like it just happened. I sat in circles and helped connect the dots for white parents of 60 scoop kids after hearing about their propensity to victim blame their own child and racism. I've witnessed Mennonite and indigenous partnerships, and just last week my hometown of Golden, so-called BC, recognizing the hard-won advocacy for the Métis community and raised the Métis flag for the first time. For as much as I believe in the light, and that's what I bring, there are lessons in the shadow and in the dark. So... Like the indomitable space mom, general, Jedi master, space twin, and Dr. Princess Leia Oregana, I carry hope. Hope derived from taking a look at the TRC's call to action and first seeing what's not there. Hope derived from taking a look at the TRC's calls to action and second, seeing what action I can commit to. Hope derived from looking closely at reconciliation, indigenization, and decolonizing projects and seeing them for potentially being that which hides in plain sight. A lascivious shadow and trickster that's forever present. Settler colonialism. You must perform authentically vulnerable and radical reconciliation action. You gotta keep talking about authentically vulnerable and radical reconciliation because the land and water are all the little lgbtqs and two spirits and other adorable things of the hinterlands of tomorrow depend on you pam it's time to stop putting the ism in queer settler colonialism pamela and rise